Hi, thanks for listening. This is the It's So Widgets Flutter podcast. My name is Philip Korn, and each episode, we get the chance to talk with another amazing member of the Flutter community. This episode, we are very lucky to be speaking with Thorsten. Welcome. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. I've been listening to your podcast uh, pretty much every episode, and uh, I really like it. It seems to be the uh, one of the only Flutter-related podcasts out there, so I'm happy you're doing it. Thanks. That's really nice to hear. Now I feel bad. I don't do it enough or regularly enough. It's kind of somewhat infrequent. When I do record episodes, I really enjoy it. And again, thanks for thanks for being on. Uh, so to get started, do you want to share a bit about your background? Yes. Uh, so to start in the weeds, I used to be a jazz musician um, for about 10 years and then decided to play online poker and build a, um, a an app, actually a .NET app, that helped me... Uh, collect statistics about the opponents to give me an advantage. And that's how I basically got into programming. Um, even though I actually have two bachelors, I have a music bachelor and a computer science bachelor. So I got to use that again. And that's how I got into programming. And um, and down the road, I really liked Node.js. So I've been doing that for the past eight years or so, um, working at a company, Cypress.io, where we help people write uh, tests and run them and make that all uh, a lot easier. Cool. That's a really interesting background. And so then what brought you to Flutter? So basically, I built another poker-related app at some point, uh, which I did as a progressive web app. And um, it went pretty well, except there were certain interactions that were really difficult to do. Like, you know, you'd have a pop-up uh, because you you press something or you, uh, you long press something, and then you're trying to scroll in the pop-up and stuff like that. And that actually turned out to be really difficult, especially if you wanted to support kind of uh, iOS and Android, and you wanted it to work on desktop as well. So you had touch events and mouse events and all these things. I actually have a talk about that, um, how difficult this actually uh, turned out to be. So when I decided to build another app, um, I, I, I looked around and I saw Flutter. And so I said, okay, well, this is actually a um, technology that's actually built for um, you know writing apps and especially mobile apps. Um, at, at least at this point, it was mainly mobile. And instead of using a technology that was originally not built for uh, making apps. So I, I went down the road on that. And I should probably get a badge because my first ever app in the App Store was rejected because it was a app that allowed you to download YouTube videos. So you can give it a playlist and it would download the YouTube videos. And I can understand why Google did not like that. <laughs> So it's interesting that, that this kind of brought you to Flutter in general. When you started to develop the game, were you thinking about maybe using something other than Flutter or using Flutter libraries or packages to implement it? Well, actually, I did look around. And uh, the obvious you know, thing that everyone will run into is, is something like Unity, right? And I had dabbled with Unity before, um, but Unity is just not for me. I like coding. And I don't like, um, you know, moving things around and clicking. And what also, when I decided to build the game, I was mostly interested in how do you actually do this? How does this actually work? How does the physics work? How does the uh, collision detection work? And so on. That's I actually wanted to hand code that instead of like in Unity, you just say, this is a collider, and then it does it all for you under the hood. And so I looked around a little more, and I, I actually looked into Kotlin, all kind of other things. Uh, but then I found that Flutter um, had a framework called um, Flame. And so I did a version of uh, the game first in Flame, and uh, it worked really well. But uh, there were certain things that I did not like. One thing was that I wanted to uh, support the browser, and uh, Flame had the audio library baked in, and that basically broke on the browser. 
And the other thing that I realized is that they have it's a great framework, but it's very opinionated in the sense that it gives you a game loop and it uh, kind of prescribes you how you would you know piece things together. And so you get a component and everything happens in there. But I wanted to separate um, the actual code that does mutations on the models, like on the game models, like the controllers. I wanted to separate that from the rendering part. And um, also at the time, I was actually watching a video um, or like basically this um, uh, developer has this uh, long series of videos where he's basically building a game totally from scratch, starting at with C with nothing. I don't even think uh, he's using... OpenGL. We should probably put a, um, a link in the show notes. It's um, the Handmade Heroes. I was very inspired by that. And I decided, well, if I build, build this game again, I will build it totally from scratch, meaning I will just use Flutter as is, almost no libraries, especially not for UI. Um, and I, I will basically make videos. And so I I decided to do that. And I, I started literally from scratch. I, I read the code of Flame, obviously, and I got some things out of there, how to do sprites and how to do sprite sheets and all these things. And um, yeah, totally from scratch, build it in Flutter. And uh, Flutter gives you actually a... Um, most people will not be aware of this, but if you actually go a little bit down in the ecosystem in Flutter, you get something that's called a... Um, and I'm looking this actually up here. It's called a leaf render object widget. Um, and then if you go further down, you get a render box. And that render box doesn't even have a build method anymore. It has actually a paint method. And that paint method gives you a canvas. And that's all I wanted. I just wanted a canvas so I can you know, basically paint on there. And I, I'm like low level enough to understand how everything works. And the other thing that Flutter gives you at that level is a, a schedule frame callback. So you can basically say every time there's a new frame, which... Uh, ideally happens every 16 milliseconds if you have a good frame rate. Uh, basically, it calls you on the, uh, with that callback, and then you can basically update your game and, and render the, uh, you know, whatever is inside your game. And that worked out really great for me because uh, then I, I, I had full control and uh, I could really also, you know, in the videos show how everything really works, how games are done. And I went with that and I decided I'm going to, even though for the game that I did, it's basically, maybe I should talk about what the game actually is. It's a, a simple space shooter, so to speak, uh, which um, has uh, controls that are, I think, uh, derived from some older uh, games that, that have been around. But basically, you, instead of just going left, right, bottom up, you actually have to rotate your spaceship into the direction you want to go. You apply acceleration we are thrust and uh, obviously you can shoot and spawn bombs and so on. But basically uh, I decided I wanted to make this multiplayer. And, um, and then I was reading up on like how do, actually how, how are these multiplayer games actually done. And uh, most of them to prevent cheating have actually an authoritative server, meaning that the player cannot just tell you where, where, what, what my position is, but I can actually just tell you the inputs. So the game, uh, you know, I can say I, I went left or I went right. Um, and I went full on with that. Um, and that's basically the most um, part of the video series actually has that development. And when I was basically done with that, I realized that this is really, really complicated. And I actually had the server also done in Dart. So I could use the same controller code. I could share that across the client and the server. And then I decided, okay, this is just a really, really overkill for this game I'm doing. And I also heard that in some cases, it's actually um, kind of fun if pe people can cheat and they can write little modifications of the game. And 
So I decided I'm going to pull this all back and I'm going to write a totally client-driven uh, game, which the server basically just is Socket.io and it just relays the messages from client to client. Um, and I think I'm going to uh, stop here for now with, with the explanation and we can get into more of these details later if you want to. That'd be great. So first I'll say it's just extremely impressive to not only write a game in Flutter, but also to write the whole engine along with it. Kind of amazed. <laughs> kind of, uh, but so I'll ask, is the game itself forms? Does it support? What platforms? Well, that's uh, one reason why I chose Flutter. It supports at this point Android, iOS, macOS, Linux, and it even runs in the browser at really good performance. Nice. And when there were any specific challenges you saw with individual platforms? Well, um, with the specific thing I was doing, right, basically uh, using the canvas directly, um, I was, I would say, as fairly cutting edge um, with, with uh, where Flutter is right now supporting these platforms. Um, so, for instance, in the canvas, what you can do if you want to optimize uh, performance, instead of like, for instance, in this game, in the background, I'm drawing a bunch of stars and there are actually, uh, there are multiple layers of stars so I can get a parallax effect um, when you kind of move around. And I found out that drawing these stars, which are just circles, but there are lots of circles, actually hurts performance. What you can actually do is you can say, well, um, the canvas, um, I'm going to draw something to the canvas right now. And I want you to record what I'm doing. So you can say, start recording. And you draw stuff to the canvas. So like I can draw like a thousand stars. And then you say, stop recording. And it gives you back a picture. And that's called the picture recorder. And then you can basically take that picture and convert that into a, an image. And then uh, after that, instead of drawing the stars every time, you just put that image right into the canvas. And that obviously uh, is really good for performance. But that feature, unfortunately, only works on Android and macOS at this point. Uh, did not work on Linux. And it also didn't work in the browser, where initially I needed it most, uh, because the browser initially was very slow for me. Um, but I actually was talking uh, with the Flutter developers because they actually found my video <laughs> in my video series early on, and Tim Sneath asked me if they could use my game as part of the announcement that happened uh, last week where they announced that Linux is now supported uh, in, for Flutter in Alpha. And so I was constantly in contact with them, and they actually helped me out and told me there's a Skia flag that you can actually use for the browser. And um, you can basically then use a GPU rendering instead of a software rendering. And so, the, but for that, I had to be on the master channel <laughs> on Flutter. And actually, about two weeks ago, I would say they've fixed a bug in there that caused the game to crash once in a while. I don't know if it was because of my game. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to presume that. But um, yeah, so so you can kind of see that I was very cutting edge with these things. And uh, but on Android and macOS, I must say it was very very stable, and on iOS as well. So I didn't run into many issues there. It's just like these newer platforms that um, they are actively developing on, and and. I, as I can see, there's so much development and so much progress in, in little time that I'm actually pretty amazed. 100% agree. Uh, I've seen incredible progress, particularly with web. Our web has changed so much over the past six months. It's uh, just a very different place. It's exciting, right? It's exciting, see, it's exciting seeing how fast it's developing. Yes, it is. So I'm curious in particular about updates. So when uh, you, know, you have a new version of, of the game comes out, obviously on Android, iOS, it just get the new version. 
Uh, on Linux, how do you handle that? How do new versions uh, get deployed? So I actually had help from uh, a canonical engineer, the the, the uh, company that is um, uh, responsible for Ubuntu. And he basically helped me set this up. So he added the Linux support, which I think you run Flutter Create. Uh, that's what he told me. Um, and you, you have Linux support turned on. And then it puts, puts a bunch of files in there that are mostly C++ uh, to what I can tell. And it also adds a snap, Snapcraft YAML file. Oh, no, SnapStore. <laughs> Sorry, SnapStore YAML file. And so that SnapStore, or is it? Well, it's for the SnapStore. It might be called Snapcraft. I, have to, I can actually look that up. Let me see. It is called, um, I don't see it now, but it's not important. Something Snap. So uh, that's that YAML file basically instructs the SnapStore um, how to build versions. So if you connect uh, once you have your app basically in the Snap Store, you can then uh, authorize it to um, access your repository on GitHub. And every time you push to master, it actually triggers a build, right? And ideally, uh, and in the future, that will work 100% great. At this point, um, however, it seems like my uh, game is using a feature that's not officially supported yet. So the Snap Store doesn't want to build my game yet, but that's why I have uh, this engineer from doing Ubuntu who is basically then pressing the right buttons to make it actually uh, build correctly. But I assume in the near future, this will be all fixed. And uh, every time I push to master, my, my game will just build fine. That's amazing. Do you have any thoughts on the kind of games that are they're best for Flutter or games you, you wouldn't suggest using Flutter for? So at this point, it kind of depends on the fidelity that you need in your game. Like definitely, I would say, if you want to build a 3D game, um, Flutter is not yet uh, there. It might be in the future, um, but it is not really made at this point for 3D. For 2D, it kind of depends. Um, so as I mentioned, when I was drawing all these stars to the canvas, I ran into performance bottlenecks because it is just not fast enough. And I don't know if this is something that is due to me uh, doing it in, a, in an inefficient way, but I, I wouldn't know how else to draw many stars. Maybe you could have some optimizations there where you take a snapshot or like kind of like a, a picture of, of a rectangle of stars or something like that. So there are probably still um, improvements there. But my experience is also once I created larger levels that had more tiles and more things to draw, even though obviously I only drew the part that's in your viewport, it still started to hit kind of the limits of Flutter, especially if I ran it on a, uh, you know, I have a Nexus uh, phone still. Once I ran it on there, the frame rate uh, started dropping. And uh, so I started realizing, okay, maybe I'm hitting the limits here. So I would say that in general, if you have a really simple 2D game that doesn't have too much going on, too much graphics going on, right? I would say Flutter is perfect. And it's very easy to get started. Uh, one, one great thing about it that I realized is that not only do you get the canvas where you, where you draw your game, right? But you have the whole widget ecosystem, right? Um, even the canvas in the end is a widget um, or it's inside a widget. And then you can basically put widgets around it. So for instance, I needed a heads-up display. So all I needed to do is basically put the widget with the canvas into a stack, right? And then draw another widget into the same stack at, at the top position. And then they kind of appeared on top of each other. And so I added some transparency to the background of that HUD widget, and now I had my HUD. 
And in, in other scenarios, like if you're using, um, for instance, let's say SDL2 or something, you have to now build the whole thing from scratch. You have to basically, you know, uh, render text. You have to figure out how to do that. And all these things with Flutter, you have the whole ecosystem there, uh, the whole state management as well, right? Um, in my game, I actually used a very simple version of a state management, which is basically just a, a universe, I call it, it's, uh, that has a bunch of streams attached that basically just update uh, the state of the game uh, when it relates to outside of the actual canvas, right? For instance, like what's your health, uh, how, how much score do you have, and so on. And and then I'm just using stream builders uh, into widgets to to update my my heads up display, for instance. So it's very great for that. If you want to build a really high fidelity game, um, then probably I would recommend uh, to play with other things. And the other aspect, I think, is how much do you like to code and how much do you like to design the game, right? As I mentioned earlier, I like code. Uh, I just want to write code. I don't want to click around in anything. I don't want to learn the, uh, for instance, the Unity UI or how to do things in there. But um, it might be for other people who are more, um, you know, more liking this kind of way, they might just try Unity as well or, or other frameworks. That's really helpful. During the day, are you also working with Flutter using other technologies? Um, I am actually working mostly with Node.js and uh, JavaScript in the browser as well. Actually, at this point, TypeScript, because um, it uh, helps me maintain my sanity. And basically, what I'm working for is a company called Cypress.io, and we have a let's just say a much better version of Selenium. So uh, for those of you who have worked with Selenium, know how painful it is to write um, end-to-end tests with that. And uh, Cypress makes it a lot easier. And I am basically uh, at Cypress to help uh, do the same thing for Node.js. Like how do you run your Node.js tests um, in an easier way and get a little more insight into what's going on in your tests. So that's what I'm currently focused on at Cypress.io. But I am actually a lot inspired by Flutter because I do like the um, the the quick development cycle. So for instance, in my game, I could set it up to where my game state was always preserved even if I did a hard reload, right? So my, my player was actually still in the same position. So if I wanted to, you know, add some, you know, some uh, rendering tile just to debug rendering or something like that around my player, I could just do that really quickly. And I'm very inspired by that. And I want to basically give a similar experience for testing uh, either with Node or in the browser where basically your your feedback cycle is very, very short when you're writing these tests. Um, so yeah, Flutter has been, um, yeah, even influencing my day job there. So would Cypress consider supporting Dart? Well, at this point, we are focused on uh, basically everything JavaScript, like running tests in the web uh, and the uh, Node.js. And I actually find that Flutter has a good... Um, set up for testing at this point um, with the pump widget kind of thing where you can test your widgets directly. With the with the game, I actually am giving a bad example. I'm not having, I don't have a single test in this game because it was mainly a fun project, mainly to play around. Um, but obviously you could uh, very well test the controller code there. Um, but from, from my company, uh, yeah, we have just focused on the web and the JavaScript at this point. Nice. And there, are there any, any other languages you're uh, working with? Other technologies. Yes, I am working uh, at this point, actually, interestingly enough, I'm in the middle or in the start, I would rather say, of implementing the same game uh, or maybe a single player version in Rust um, using SDL2 as the um, 
I wouldn't call it a rendering engine because it does a lot more things, but it basically uh, the the kind of underlying um, framework to uh, draw to a canvas and get keyboard input and so on. And I find it very interesting. And the main reason why I'm actually doing this is to learn Rust. Um, and uh, I thought this is a fun way to do this. And another thing that I was interested in is to see um, if I use accelerated rendering, meaning it's running on the GPU, how the performance of that version will compare to what um, Flutter uh, g- gave me, right? And obviously, that's kind of an unfair thing to do because Flutter has kind of so many things that make development of, of, of a game like this so much easier, right? It has a garbage collector. Uh, you don't have to worry about things that you have to worry in Rust, like where you have to worry about lifetimes and like uh, you know, much lower level. But I still kind of want to see how they compare. Nice. That definitely sounds valuable. Uh, do you have any advice you'd give to someone new to Flutter? Yes. Um, so one thing I would recommend is start with something really simple, but not too simple, where at least you have to run into layout. Because I feel like the layout um, is is, is a, one of the hardest problems that I find in Flutter, like how to lay out your widgets and so on. So try to find some interesting problem like that um, and, and make it a real project. That's, that's the other important thing. Um, some people, they may just start with something and they know it's not important to them. And then there's no motivation to actually like work through the, the challenges, right? Because you're going to face challenges if you're trying a new technology. Um, the other thing that I would recommend is to not, um, to be inspired by the different solutions for state management that are out there, but don't lock yourself down to have to do it exactly the way that someone recommends. And, and I think someone uh, actually said that before on your podcast, if I remember correctly. Um, a lot of people basically say you have to use a block pattern, and that's the only way to do this. And if you look at the block pattern, it's actually um, very much very complicated in some ways and also adds a lot of boilerplate. And as I mentioned in my game, for instance, I, I only have um, one of each, right? So obviously, if you have in your application things that are, have a list items, right? And each list item itself has state and you can interact with it. Well, yeah, then you need a block and you need to basically find the the block for this instance of the item in the list, right? But in my case, it was not necessary at all because there's only one of each. There's only one HUD. There's only one level view. You can't interact with the levels. You can just click on the level uh, to play it. Um, And so I I decided to go much easier route and just have, as I mentioned earlier, this universe class that has a bunch of streams on it. And it can be updated from, like, if I get a message from the server, for instance, I just say add some new state to this stream and then things just update uh, and it was much easier that way so yeah don't don't overwhelm yourself trying to do everything perfect like everyone says like try to you know maybe also take some shortcuts to make life a little easier for the first project nice that's great advice keep it simple I agree 100 yeah. percent. yes is there anything else you'd like to share or any uh, any other topics to discuss i think um this is pretty much all i wanted to, to say i hope people will um, give my game a try. Uh, one thing I actually want to mention in that um, connection is that I learned a, a lesson with this game, uh, which was that if you have a multiplayer game, but you don't have a critical mass of players, it is really hard to get that critical mass of players. So in my case, for instance, I have levels which have two players. Well, if someone now uh, finds this link, like uh, Google actually published um, as part of their blog, they linked to the game. And they enter, 
that level where there's no one to play with, right? So they maybe they wait for five seconds and then they leave. And then the next person comes and also wants to play and then they leave and so on. So uh, I learned a lesson there that if you don't have any marketing <laughs> to basically, or if you, if you can't pay people to actually play, <laughs> you know, until you build a critical mass, you should probably think about um, adding a kind of a bot um, to your game. So actually a friend of mine recommended that if I would have put a bot there and you could have played against, you know, uh, every time you enter it, there's something to do right away. Uh, then probably you could then build that critical mass until really player play, uh, players play against each other. Uh, but at this point, um, I must unfortunately say that no one is playing my game pretty much. Um, there are sometimes people, <laughs> and I've heard of people playing even in uh, levels of three, which surprised me, but uh, definitely a good lesson learned. So you should kind of think those things through when you when you're building things like that. Nice. That's really interesting. And we'll make sure to link the game in the show notes. And if you're listening, definitely try it out. Thorsten, thank you so much for being on the episode. This is really interesting. I'm amazed by what you're able to accomplish building your tire engine. You definitely inspired me uh, to try to make a game. It's something I've always wanted to do. I'd probably use Flame a bit quicker for me. Um, yeah, you definitely should. Cool. I'm just curious, one question. What did you use for, for assets? So the, the images in the game, did you draw them yourself or did you find them online? No, I'm very, very bad at that. <laughs> and we should probably link the uh, uh, the site that I used for that. And the site is called um, opengameart.org. Uh, and that's where I went to find all the, um, basically all the assets that I'm using. And um, I had one bomb, the bomb that I'm using in the game was contributed uh, by a uh, Someone from Colombia, actually. <laughs> and except for that, I found all these assets in, in, in that site. And you have to basically look at the license that they require. A lot of them have a CC0 license, which means you're just free to do whatever. But it's still nice to um, kind of mention uh, where you got these things from. And uh, lots of them actually also have a CC3 by something. I'm not a lawyer, but some license where they actually require you to, uh, you know, kind of... Um, you know, note somewhere in the game where where you got those assets from. And I have a, a page on my website that is all about um, attributing um, where these assets came from, and I'm linking to that from my game. Um, so I think I'm doing the right thing there. Cool. That's a good tip. Uh, at one point, I wanted to make sure it was clear. So you recorded a lot of the development on Twitch, right? And that's all available to, to be watched. Right. So, so I did uh, basically the first 50 hours of this game, I recorded continuously without, you know, doing anything off stream. And I actually put those videos on YouTube. Now I must say that the first, I would say 15 hours of that are probably a little more interesting because of what I did, I already had built this in flame and I basically was able to, instead of having to, you know, kind of struggle there and, and people watch me try different things that don't work, I kind of already had a plan. And so they're probably more, interesting to watch in the sense of like, if you just want to quickly learn how to do this, the remaining episodes kind of show you that um, all of us actually struggle and make mistakes and uh, not always have the right solutions right away. And, but they're still interesting to watch. I would say they're just a little, probably a little more long winded uh, because I do run into problems that I have to figure out and, and so on. Right. But yeah, everything is, is uh, documented on YouTube. All right, Thorsten, again, thank you so much. We're nice to get a chance to meet and to talk. I hope to have another episode soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.